This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're figuring out how to speak up for ourselves in episode number 174. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi, ladies. It is Kristen Burgess from naturalbirthandbabycare.com. And I am really excited to be here again with you this week. I want to talk about something that is close to my heart, something that I've come to believe is a fundamental part of having a natural birth experience or more specifically a sacred birth experience and also having strength and confidence as a mother. And as you know from a lot of the podcasts that I've done in recent months, I feel like those two things are really connected, which is why so much of what I'm teaching right now interconnects those things, because I think you really can't get away from those. And one of the things that I feel is a blessing to me in my position, which is as the person who runs naturalbirthandbabycare.com and as the childbirth educator who does mama baby birthing and... I I assist at births from time to time, but not all the time. I'm not a midwife. I'm a childbirth educator. I'm a mom. And I'm working one-on-one with women to support them no matter where they are in the world. But I'm, I'm not the one who's right now rushing off to catch babies and that sort of thing and worry about balancing all of the stuff with prenatal appointments. So when, when I work one-on-one with women right now, a lot of what I'm providing is more of mental, emotional, spiritual support. There's practical support for sure. I do a lot of troubleshooting of diets and that sort of thing. But it gives me a chance to really speak to women on a deep level, not just about what is going on physically and not just about, okay, what plans do you want for your birth, but really getting to know how moms tick. And one of the things about my program, Mama Baby Rising, which I've expanded to a 12-month program, is that I'm also supporting moms in the postpartum period now too because when you work with me, you're working with me for a year. So that covers part of your pregnancy and then also into that postpartum time, which is something that a lot of women asked me for. And so I'm seeing that women continue to need support past the time that they're having that beautiful sacred birth experience and even when you have a secret birth experience which I know from my own babies there is a continuing need for support in fact the time and I could do an entire podcast episode on this and maybe I will but the time that I can think in especially my later pregnancies that was the most difficult was in the early postpartum time. And by that time, I had baby care down pat, right, y'all? I knew how to change diapers. I knew how to deal with all of the newborn stuff. I knew how to deal with all of the changes in my own body. But there's still a profound shift, and I felt a lack of support at that point. And there's a recognition of this, that that fourth trimester, um, in some cultures, there's that uh, time of mothering the mother in that, you know, that 40-day kind of lying in period. Some cultures have that built in, so there's that recognition of this. But in most modern cultures, it's not there. And I really feel like that's a dearth. Um, So I've been able to support a lot of women, give them that continuity that I'm going to be right there with you in that postpartum period. And even though it feels a little busier because you're juggling a baby as well, you still need that support. But all of this is a rabbit trail, so I'll try and, and wrap that up. 
But what I'm saying is, uh, as mothers, we have this fundamental, we have these fundamental needs and this profound part of the journey that's all wrapped up into one and is impactful of everything. So when I talk to you and teach you how to have a natural birth, I can teach you practical steps on how to have a natural birth. That's what mama baby birthing is all about. But I also think that there's much more than that. And part of acknowledging and honoring that there's more than just that practical preparation will help you have a better sacred birth experience or a more sacred birth experience that looks more like what you want. And this topic that we're going to talk about today is one of those topics. The name of this podcast episode is How to Have a Voice During Childbirth. Many women worry that they won't have a voice during childbirth, that they'll get railroaded into something that they don't want or the cascade of interventions which is a buzzword that you might hear in natural birth stuff many women worry about this but what I'm gonna say is that for most women being railroaded during birth is it's part of a greater whole and I'm not saying that it's any it's not a fault I'm not placing blame but often railroading happens Either because we're ign- a lot of women get railroaded because you're just ignorant. You not ignorant as in you yourself are stupid, but you're ignorant of the way that the system works. Which is why so many of my podcasts talk about how the system works because you need to understand that. So some women, it's just because they had no clue that this is the way this system is set up to work. They have no clue that the system isn't really set up to look at her as an individual, but rather as a statistic and even as a liability to the hospital and the insurance company. And so things are handled in a particular way. But even when we have women who are really aware of that, those women will sometimes end up having a difficult birth experience or even a bad birth experience because they felt like they couldn't speak up for themselves and that they just got railroaded. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that that's any particular woman's fault. But what I do want to challenge, because the reason that I am here is to help you understand more about you and more about the system and systems around you and just be more aware and conscious on the whole. I certainly haven't arrived. A lot of this is wisdom that I learn through trial by fires that go on every single day still, as I shared a couple of podcast episodes ago. My life has been so difficult in the past three and a half getting close to four years now, which is unfathomable to me. And I've had to learn a lot and do a lot of self-exploration and inner learning. And that's part of where this comes from. It comes comes from me realizing that I'm just as flawed as you and wanting to share a little bit on that journey. But one of the things that I really want to share with you is that finding your voice and standing strong in your voice during birth is an extension of standing strong in your voice at other times. So how do you have a voice during childbirth? You have a voice and a strong, confident voice during childbirth by working on that while you're pregnant. And let's let's just go into talking about that because I think it'll make more sense as I talk it through. So the first thing is you have to you have to understand that your voice matters and you need to wrestle with this. Does my voice matter? And on a fundamental level, Do I matter? This is one of the biggest things that I encounter working with pregnant women and with moms. You may have heard me talk about this before. I 
could convince a woman to buy a $2,000 stroller easier than I could convince her to buy mama baby birthing on special even. Why can you convince somebody to buy a stroller or spend thousands of dollars on a nursery or on a travel system or on a car seat? You know, I'm, these are kind of the same things, travel system, car seat. But, you know, on a baby carrier, on an organic crib mattress. You know, why? Why can marketing departments convince moms and families to spend a lot of money on baby stuff that really isn't necessary. I'm not saying don't go buy all that stuff, ladies. As you know, I'm like, I'm like, bye-bye baby and like babies are ass. I love walking through those stores. I'm, so I'm not saying don't spend money on your baby. But when we, when it comes down to it, what does your baby need? Your baby needs some clothes and your baby needs you. And you may need a baby carrier and you need a car seat. But what, you know, I have... I I would lie if I say I have never owned a stroller because I was given a stroller at my baby shower with Cassidy and we had a little umbrella stroller for a time that I got when I was very pregnant with Brennan and Asher was still a toddler. But I've never I've never used a stroller outside of that. The one that I got for the baby shower with Cassidy, I I, I think got used as a play toy by her when she was bigger, but I, I had a baby carrier. So, you know, you don't need all that much for a baby. You need something to cover their butt, kind of, on some level. Like if you're ECing and you're really hardcore EC, you make it get away with like some tiny undies and some pre-fold diapers to put under the baby. But I'll say that most of us probably want diapers. So you need diapers and clothes and a baby carrier. You don't really need much more. A car seat, if you're traveling in a car. That's the reality of what your baby quote unquote needs. And even when your child is a toddler, basic toys, some blocks, a doll, some pots and pans from Goodwill, lots of time outside. That's what your baby needs. That's what your toddler needs. That doesn't seem like very much. But marketing departments will convince us that our babies need a ton more stuff and we will go and buy it. And a lot of it is really fun to buy and really fun to look at. But why is it that when it comes to valuing ourselves and what's important, it's very easy for us to look at, oh, we need all this stuff for our baby and that's important and valuable and we're going to get that. Versus... Investing in ourselves, investing in a childbirth class, investing in a doula, investing in a midwife, investing in support like I give through Mama Baby Rising, I guess childbirth coaching or coaching for a mother. You know, it's it's very difficult to do that. Even if we look at women who spend on themselves, maybe they buy makeup or clothes or shoes or bags upon bags upon bags or household things. That same woman might hesitate to say to pay for a coach or to pay for therapy or something like that. You know, she's willing, we're willing to buy stuff, but when it comes to investing in ourselves or in our personal growth on any level, that's harder for women to do. And it, it may be harder for guys too, but I'm a woman, so I know women. 
it could be that guys have trouble with this too, but I'm, you know, I'm just speaking from a woman's, woman's experience. And the reason I talk about this is, you know, I, talking about does your voice matter, you believe that your voice matters when you believe that you matter. And that, that's on a fundamental level. And I'm not saying that you have to run out and buy like a self-help guru <laughs> to, to say that you matter. But what I'm saying is that often we, our money indicates what we value. And when we don't hesitate to go out and buy all this stuff for baby that's kind of cool but doesn't, isn't necessarily needed, yet we won't, you know, invest in ourselves or our personal growth or our preparation. It's, it's looking at, at how we look at us or... If you would go out and buy this stuff for baby and then tell your husband, oh, I bought this stuff for baby, but, you know, you, you're you looking to buy a childbirth course and you're like, I can't buy the childbirth course because I need to talk to my husband first, but you would go out and buy a stroller that costs six times that. Again, when we look at that, what you're saying is, I don't think that you're really saying I'm worried that my husband would disapprove of this purchase. What you're saying is, I'm not really sure I'm worth that purchase, and maybe he doesn't think I'm worth that purchase because I'm not sure that I'm worth that purchase. And this is kind of a heavy thing to say, so you may want to sit with that for a little bit or contemplate that. But I've worked with a lot of women at this point, and I do think that that gets to a core of where women are coming from. And so finding your voice, you you find your voice by finding your worth. And... I would just challenge you to sit with that and think about your worth. What are you worth? And think about what do you want? <laughs> and that can be something that's really hard too. So the next, let's, let's jump a little bit more practical here. So you need to understand your options when you're finding your voice for pregnancy and birth. Like you need to understand different options that are out there and decide you know, what do you want or what would you like? And this is another thing that's really hard for many women. So for me, I had a friend recently ask me, what do you want to go out and get? We're going to go out this evening. What do you want to eat? You know, so when we're out together and I get asked, "What? where do you want to go eat, Krista? I felt like a deer in headlights. I was like, I have no idea. Because first of all, going out sans children is still kind of novel for me, but it's been one of those things that I've realized as I'm, you know, three plus years into being a single mother is, gosh, I've got to start taking care of myself. So I've been trying to take an evening here and there where I go out, sometimes go out with a friend, and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, I don't even know what I want to eat because that is so foreign to me to make that I make it's it's a weird dichotomy for us as mothers and maybe you can relate you know I make decisions every day I plan out a menu plan a month in advance so I make decisions about what to eat when I'm going to go to the grocery store and pick up those groceries and then come home and cook them but when somebody asks Kristen you can have anything from any one of these restaurants in town what is your preference that just you would like that question baffled me. <laughs> and I think that many of us, it's that way. It's like you make decisions that are necessary for running your household or whatever. 
But really digging into what do I want and what feels right to me is more difficult. So understanding your options and then digging into what feels right to you is important. And another part of this is just really coming to the place where you love yourself and where you're accepting of yourself. Even if you realize that you're flawed, you're not perfect, you may not be where you want to be. Accept yourself where you are, honor yourself for where you are, because chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you've been through some tough stuff in your life. Honor yourself for that, for what you've gotten through. And even if you don't feel like you're always perfect, because you won't always be perfect, you'll mess up, maybe a lot. But each failure is something to learn from and to move forward from and to allow to be part of your growth. And you can accept that. You can even accept those parts of you that say, things in your mind that like, you know, oh, you can't do this or you're not worth it or whatever. Because one of the things is, is that voice is she's trying to protect you. And so you can honor that voice for that reason. And then you can tell her that you don't, you know, you don't necessarily need that right now. You're not going to listen to that. So go into thinking through these different options with that open mind and with that acceptance of yourself, with that belief in your value and your worth and with that love of yourself, even the negative voices that you're going to honor but not necessarily listen to. And I don't say that laughing at you. I say that from this place of, you know what, I've got those voices. I had those voices screaming at me earlier today after I got off the phone from a frustrating call where I was trying to get, got to thank God a new vehicle, but trying to get some help covering the the taxes and tags and everything for the vehicle. And I got a no and then another no. And, you know, it's a little discouraging. And those voices are like just starting in on you. And I took my dog for a walk and just said, you know what, thank you. I realize you're trying to protect me and that, you know, you're just, you're here and, you know, I've been through a lot and you're trying to protect me from a little bit of hurt. But I think that I'm valuable and I did a good thing today and reaching out for help was good and there's a couple more places I can call tomorrow and, you know, just giving myself that acknowledgement for the, for the fears and the dark things that came up and then also realizing, you know what, I can do this, I can take practical steps forward, I can believe that these needs are going to be provided for, that I'm worth it, etc, etc, etc. And so that's a, that's a different situation than preparing for birth, but... It's, it's similar in some ways because when we think about it, those voices and those doubts and that doubt about our worth on a fundamental level, they come up in pregnancy and birth too. And so sitting with those and realizing that they're there, that they're normal, and that they can be overcome, it helps you and it will help you later in life because the lessons that you learn right now as you do this, as you build that sense of worth and that sense of honoring and respecting yourself and seeing yourself as valuable and worthwhile and also able to grow and worthy of growth and and, and worthy of support and growth is something that will help you later on. So again, let's come back to options. Let's jump back to these practical steps. Understand those options and think them through. Ask yourself, what would feel good to me? What would feel right to me? And it doesn't mean that your birth is necessarily going to go step by step by step by step. Sometimes I think another defense mechanism that we have is trying to control everything. And pregnancy and birth are uncontrollable. They just, they're just a learning experience through and through. Now, I do believe there are so many things that we can do to work towards having a beautiful sacred birth experience. And that even if in the end, part of you and your baby's journey is needing assistance, when you have this strong voice, when you've done this preparation, that experience can end up being beautiful and sacred too. 
even if it doesn't look exactly like you wanted it to. But also there's nothing wrong with right now you going through and looking at those options and those options could be things like I don't want to take any medication during my pregnancy. I want to have this testing. I don't want to have that testing. I don't want to have any testing. I want to have all the testing, whatever. And then in birth, you know, I want to birth at home. I want to birth at the hospital. I want to birth with a uh, midwife or, or I want to birth unassisted or whatever. You know, all of those kind of choices and options is what I'm talking about. Just understanding what could birth look like. What could pregnancy look like? And what resonates with me? What do I want? Spending some time thinking about those things and not necessarily, this is a big one, ladies. And I want to just, I don't want to disrespect anybody's husband or partner, but I want you to look at what you want. My husband is nervous. He wants me to have the baby in the hospital is what I hear from a lot of women. And I totally respect that. But I also want to give you the freedom to ask yourself, what is important to you? What do you want? And it may be that ultimately the two of you do come to a compromise and that's fine. But allow yourself to think about what you want, why you want it. And maybe part of it is just it feels right to you. And that's okay. The last episode, I think it was, I talked about that we are four-part beings. We've got a mind. We've got a body. We've got emotions. And we've got a spirit. So all of those parts of you are part of what's going into this. And and one of the things, this is an exercise that I've done some, is looking at big decisions and, and actually drawing out like a grid and labeling each quadrant of the grid one mind one heart one body one spirit and and then thinking about the decision from each of those perspectives has been helpful to me so that could be helpful to you for a big decision like especially if there's conflict or something or you're not sure like home hospital that feels like a really big decision to many women um, look at it from those different perspectives of you so it's just exploring and exploring what is important to you and part of what's important to you might be weighing what's important to your partner But also weigh what's important to you because what we're talking about right now is your voice and what's important to you. And by understanding those options, you give yourself the freedom to feel and to think and to pray about and to feel in your body, which is different maybe than feeling in your emotions, about those things and starting to honor all of those parts of yourself and what is important to you and maybe what's not so important to you. Next practical step is to start talking early and talking often about these things. And that might be to your partner. That might be to your care provider. That might be to somebody like me. It may be to your friends. As you're just exploring and feeling, talk about things that you're considering, why you're considering it. Ask questions early and often kind of goes with this. And this is especially particularly for your care provider. Ask questions. When they say we're going to do X, Y, Z, ask about that. I'm going to use a Doppler to hear the baby's heartbeat. Why are we going to use a Doppler right now? What is a Doppler? Do you know what a Doppler is? I, Kristen, know what a Doppler is. But do you know what that is other than like a baby hearing machine? Do you know what it is? Ask your doctor or midwife, what is it? How does it work? Why is it better than using, say, a stethoscope or a fetoscope? But let's say that you're like a totally newbie mom. You may not know what a fetoscope is or a Doppler is. And so ask, oh, you're taking blood. Why are you going to take blood? What are you going to test? And your care provider might look at you kind of weird because they're probably not used to this. They'll be like, why are you asking? We're just going to take blood. Why are you asking? But what that does is it starts to empower you 
to ask questions and to gather information, but most of all, it empowers you to feel confident and worthy of being on the same level, being a peer to your care provider, which is true. Like you're not, you're not a colleague, but you're a peer and you're the consumer and you're the baby's mother and you're the divine sovereign woman. And I'm not talking about divine in a heretical sense or a sacrilegious sense, but in the sense that all of us have this spark of something in us that gives us this human dignity and is above, you know, an amoeba, right? So asking questions, it, it boosts your sense of self-worth because it helps you realize that you're worthy of the answers. And it gives you information too, but really it gives you that practice and believing that you're worth having the answers that you want to have. I want you to recognize your own sovereignty. I want you to recognize your sovereignty over your body. And I feel like this can be a touchy thing to talk about today because it can feel like it gets really political. Like at least at the time that I'm recording this in the United States, it might feel like, you know, oh, is Kristen talking about like body rights? Like, are are we going to talk about abortion or something like that or vaccinations or whatever those like really hot buttons are? But in the end, I'm not touching on anything more or anything less than the fact that I do want you to believe that you are sovereign of your own experience and that you are sovereign of your own life. And really and truly, at the end of the day, this is between you, 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 and perhaps whatever God or divine force you believe is out there. Because that, that's what you decide. And that might powerfully influence you. Like, for example, what your husband or partner wants may weigh heavily into things or family or what your doctor advises. All those things might weigh in. But at the end of the day, this is your journey. And this is a profound part of your journey. Pregnancy and birth are a profound part of your journey and in shaping who you are. And you you get to say that these are things that are important to me. Is there even, something else? Even Sarah has somehow managed to get my Siri talking. Anyways, apparently, see, he thinks that you're he thinks that you're uh, sovereign enough that he wants to serve you as well. Um, so yeah, just recognize that you hold sovereignty over your experience in this life, and a lot of that is going to be a balancing act: balancing your needs with your children's needs, or with your spouse's needs, or with your family's needs, or with your community's needs. But don't subsume yourself and don't give up on what you want or believe in just because it doesn't fit in with the normal or with the routine or whatever. Again, I hope that asking questions, thinking about things with all aspects of your being, talking about things, I hope all of that is going to start to give you this confidence that's going to help build your belief in that sovereignty of you. Um, And your own worth. Again, part of this is practical, but part of it is so much more than that. Because I'm really trying on a level to convince you to really look at your own worth and to believe in your own worth. And to listen to yourself. And again, even as you might consider that I need to balance my wants and needs with my child's and my spouse's and my everybody else. I want you too to think about you. And also, especially when you're thinking about your child, 
I want you to consider that often what is best for you is what is best for your child. Uh, mothers and babies are symbiotic to a certain level and even up through childhood there is a you know there is a, a spreading wings taking flight um, individuating I think is the counseling term that happens but in so many ways you have instinct and innate wisdom and in caring for you you are caring for your baby especially in pregnancy and birth um, and most women who, again, if part of that journey means assistance for you and your baby, you will feel that and know that and find peace with that, especially if you've been able to, to find yourself and honor that sovereignty because you'll feel confident in making those choices and accepting that help as it's there for you and processing this experience as part of a journey rather than something that's been foisted upon you or as a trauma. So that sovereignty and that worth can help you develop conviction, the conviction that you matter, conviction in your choices, belief in your choices, even realizing that pregnancy and birth may require some flexibility. There's still that conviction there. And that conviction is something that will help you to find your voice during birth. And, you know, before we come to the actual moment of birth, some other practical steps you can take, and you've heard me talk about this on a few other podcast episodes, is start honoring yourself in small ways. So I've talked about thinking, right? Looking at choices, thinking, feeling, um, pondering, do that. But also honor yourself in small practical ways. If you need to pee, get up and pee. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you need to pee, please pause it and go pee or take me to the bathroom with you. I don't care because I won't know because you're listening to a podcast, right? If you're on a Zoom call and you need to pee, then turn your video off and go pee, okay? If you're thirsty, get something to drink. If your throat feels scratchy, get up and make some tea. If you feel stuffy and your nose is kind of runny, get up and blow your nose. I, I say these things with a laugh, but these are actually things that like, I mean, I will find myself sitting at the desk like, like snorting in repeatedly. And it's like, oh my gosh, Kristen, just get up and take care of yourself instead of trying to type one more sentence or answer one more email. And we don't have to take this to like ridiculous heights. But think about the number of times that you set aside your own comfort in a day or that you, your comfort might be a lagging indicator. Like I was joking with somebody because I got, I, I put in a new furnace system this summer and I'm kind of trying to get to know it and figure out what temperature I want to keep the house at and that kind of thing. And if I want to burn any wood or how to balance that. So I'm like, I was joking that when I start getting grumpy, I know it's time to put on socks or adjust the thermostat. And it's, when I think about that, it's like, that's me, fi it's finally becoming so obvious in my body that I'm cranky, that I'm cold, because I've ignored the fact that I'm cold probably for 45 minutes or an hour or more. And if I had gotten up and put on socks or gotten up and put on a, you know, I've got a wool undershirt that I wear that's super soft in the winter time and maybe I didn't put that on in the morning and so I'll get up and put that on and put socks on like you know if I took the time as soon as I registered that I feel cold to do that then I would feel comfortable and I wouldn't get to that crabby point but I'm so used to ignoring myself that it's usually crabby as that first indicator it's like if if you've watched any of my classes on baby care one of the things that I talk about with especially newborns is if you're seeing 
newborn signs um, like desperate rooting around or crying, you've probably missed earlier hunger cues or earlier tired cues. And so I teach you how to look for those early indicators. What I want you to do for yourself is to look for early indicators and take care of you. Like me talking about going out in the evening once a week or so. That's something that I've been doing consciously to take care of me, realizing that, you know what, I need that time. And even, I mean, some weeks I even just go to the library and work in quiet for a few hours. And some weeks I go out with a friend. But, you know, even that time that I'm working at the library, I it's some more relaxed work and I take some time and read a book or something in between. But it's just giving myself that quiet space without mama, 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 And I'm not saying you have to do that. But again, it's just honoring, honoring yourself and finding ways to honor yourself and realizing that you have a need. Like for me, 365, 24-7 parenting of seven children still at home and one in college who still needs you know, that emotional support without ever having a break is not realistic. And so we need to start being realistic and honoring ourselves in small practical ways along with the, the thinking and the pondering and everything that I was telling you to do earlier. And when you start practicing that, just tuning into your needs and honoring those needs a little more immediately, maybe not always immediately, but a little more immediately, that gives you practice. That helps you develop conviction. It helps you develop self-worth. Another thing that I want you to do is say no sometimes, or I want you to ask for something to be fixed. This doesn't have to have anything to do with your pregnancy. Let's say that you go to a restaurant and they bring out your dish and it's not quite what you want. I bet you would probably just accept it for the most part. But what I want you to do is say, you know what, this isn't quite right. Could you please fix it? Do you want to know something silly? This this actually happened to me a couple weeks ago, right? I was at the grocery store at the food co-op and there was a woman on her phone in the produce department and she was just chatting away and she was kind of like right in front of everybody's way, right? So there was a whole bunch of buggies lined up. That's carts for those of y'all who don't speak Southern. Um, There's a whole bunch of buggies lined up. Because everybody's kind of trying to get in and this woman is just kind of oblivious and she finally finds her vegetables and turns away. And when I turned with my veggies, I saw a cart that did not look like mine and I looked and this woman is pushing my buggy away. And you want to know something and she's still chatting on her phone like she's completely oblivious. It it actually took me a moment to go, I need to go over there and tell her because she's got my buggy full of stuff and her buggy's over here. But it was it was a little bit hard for me to go over and kind of say, excuse me, ma'am, I think you've got my buggy. And she, of course, laughed and then was right back. Like, she's totally oblivious, chattering on the phone and went over and got hers. And um, I don't even think she really apologized. But it was like, I was thinking about that afterwards and I was like, gosh, you know, It's just so hard to speak up for ourselves, even in a minute when we should. So what I want you to do is practice saying no to something. It could be to your child. It could be to your spouse. It could be, you know, no, I don't like, okay, so maybe you and a friend are going to go out to eat and she suggests a Mexican restaurant and you're not feeling like Mexican, even though you know she likes it. Say, no, I think I'd prefer something different. Say no. Your husband wants to watch something and you don't want to watch that. You know what? No, I don't want to watch that, honey. And and you and if you want to, 
You could say, I'm okay with you watching it. I'm just going to go sit in the bed and read. Or something. I mean, you don't have to tell him he can't do it. But express your preference. Just say, no, that doesn't feel good. Or that I don't think that would feel good tonight or whatever, you know? Um, it would feel better to sit in bed and read a book than watch Lost in Space. I don't know. So, you know, just practice saying no. And you don't have to be obnoxious about it. But be firm about it. Do it sometimes. And, and ask for things to be fixed if they're wrong. Speak up for yourself. Again, this doesn't have to do have anything to do with your pregnancy and birth. It's more practicing for that skill of speaking up for yourself. Okay? And then during birth, all of these things are going to come to you. You're going you're gonna to understand your options and choices and everything, all of that. Preparation. You're hopefully going to have taken a childbirth class or, or done that preparation for birth, that practical preparation. So you've got the practical skills, you know the choices, you've got the practical skills. And then you're also doing this emotional and mental work. And there's more to it than just this. But part of it is that development of self-worth and finding yourself and believing in yourself and believing that you're worthy and believing that you can say, I do want this. I don't want this. All of that's going to come to you during your birthing time. And I want you to have that conviction, the conviction that I talked about a little while ago, developing that conviction about yourself, developing that conviction about your choices to, to create the sacred birth experience for you and your baby. Um, but also, you're going to have that, you know, you're going to have that conviction and that conviction is going to carry you as you speak up for yourself. But it's going to be conviction, not confrontation. I think that is what so many women have trouble with. And I want you to listen to another podcast episode if you haven't. We're going to link to it in the show notes. Um, it's Hannah's, my interview with Hannah, and it's a two-part one, definitely worth listening to both of them. But the first one especially where she talks about her experience in the hospital, and you're going to hear her say this with her voice, and it's going to be so valuable because she talks about how she says, no, I don't think I'll do that when they offer her interventions that she doesn't want. And just listening to her tone of voice is just kind of as nonchalant as that. But where that came from in her was that she had developed this conviction that that wasn't something that she wanted, whatever that was. And she had that, that confidence and conviction as well in herself to just say, no, I don't want that. So she didn't feel the need to be confrontational or defensive or combative. Though sometimes that mama bear instinct needs to come out in us. But more she had that conviction that, and, and, I, and prop, her care providers, uh, oh, okay. Because they're just, you know, there's this woman who's just firmly convicted that, yeah, no, I don't need that. Or... I feel like it's been a while since I've listened to Hannah's episode, but I think that she did decide that she wanted to have her bag of waters broken at some point. So she accepted that intervention. And so it may not be, you know, that you decline all interventions or whatever. You might have some. But what your care provider sees and has seen all along, remember I talked about asking questions early and often and talking early and often, you're going to be doing this all throughout your pregnancy. So your care provider is going to know you are a woman who is curious, who is intelligent, who is capable, who is well-researched. You are a woman who believes that she deserves to understand all of this because you do. And... You know, so they're going to know you, but also the entire team 
is going to see that conviction. And, and they're not going to feel it as confrontation. They're going to feel it as confidence. They're going to feel it as your self-worth and your belief in yourself and your experience and your baby. And they're going to see that you're well prepared for this. Because you've prepared on so many levels because you believe that you're worth preparing. And that's all going to come through. And so you're going to have that voice because you've cultivated that voice, that strength, that belief in yourself and your sovereignty, the belief in this sacredness of birth and in your right to have this sacred birth experience and your baby's right to have this sacred birth experience, your belief in the mother-baby dyad. All of these things are going to build and come together in those moments. And there may be moments where birth feels intense but all of this is still there in that background and it's been developed and cultivated in small ways. That's how you build to a voice. It's not like you read a crash course and then go in there with guns blazing and just like, Rawr! and you know, yell everybody down till you get what you want. It is a strength that wells up from inside of you because you've built it up and you've found it and pulled it from yourself. And birth will pull out so much more because you really are awesome. And amazing and strong and you will find even more strength as you walk through this pregnancy birth and mothering journey but this journey is also an invitation to develop that so this podcast has been a little bit practical and maybe a lot bit uh, soul searching and exploration if you want support in doing this or you want to talk to me about this in more depth um, we can jump on the phone together or I can give you some information about mama baby rising Shoot me an email, Kristen at naturalbirthandbabycare.com, or you can go to the Mama Baby Birthing page. That's M-A-M-A, babybirthing.com. There's information about Mama Baby Rising there, but I would definitely love to chat with you on the phone before you jump in, just to make sure everything's a good fit. But I would love to talk with you. I would love to support you through this, to hear what's on your mind, to hear your concerns. I'm there for you. Otherwise, if you'd like to connect with me, you can check out the newsletter at um, trustbirth101.com. That's trustbirth101.com. I'll let you know whenever a new podcast is out, um, as well as anything else new. That will also give you information about joining our private Facebook group. Uh, for now, I think that my troops are getting restless, so I'm going to balance time for me with the fact that I should go see what's going on with them. Um, I love you ladies. It is an honor and a pleasure to serve you. Again, if you'd like to chat, shoot me an email, Kristen at naturalbirthandbabycare.com. And I will talk to you soon. Have a blessed week. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.